When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bear Witches, Season 1, Episode 3, Second Line is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Grace. Of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined by the wonderful DM Philly. Philly, how you doing? So good. I just wandered over with the um, unusual funeral possession, Grace. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, with uh, like dancing skeletons? Yeah, there was a couple of people with big bobblehead helmets on. It was mm-hmm. really a lot of fun. I was um, flirting with a random stranger that wandered up in the midst, as you do. But yeah, it was a good jaunt over. Now is time to dance. in new orleans um yeah so episode three we get the fallout from deirdre's death uh we do get a flashback at the beginning of the episode back to to 1600 scotland i have a theory about what uh that might be about where that's that's leading um and yeah we get uh uh 
Cyprian and Rowan trying to, you know, they're hanging out together. Cyprian doing more detective work and uh, Rowan sort of delving into the world of New Orleans. I thought also we got a, a bit more this episode about Carlotta and maybe even Cortland that we can continue to sort of speculate as to what their motives uh, are. But um, what do you think of episode three? And actually, before you do, I'll just remind folks to please subscribe, rate and review, pusherrecaps.com slash witches. Um, yeah, but what do you think of Second Line? rich um ups and downs grace i feel like we're like tracking some consistency week to week at least for my experience with mayfair which is i think that some of it is really interesting i think i'm more eager to see what they're going to do every week with each episode but then i come in and i and i feel a little maybe unsatisfied like i'm about to get a whole meal but they're only maybe giving me an appetizer i don't know if that tracks at all yeah um, but there was some interesting stuff going on in episode three i'm really uh like dialed in on this cyprian grieve talamasca storyline i like the investigative kind of thing that's happening there i like the allusions to the kind of grander network um the lasher stuff is like just problematic enough that i don't know how to feel about it grace well one thing i realized as i was watching this episode that please for the love of god Lasher cannot be the man who impregnated uh, Deirdre. It has to yes. be an actual individual because now we are <laughs> like he's uh, trying to seduce uh, Rowan, who would in fact be his daughter. So yes, I, yes, I hope that that man who Cortland picked. I have to just for my own sanity, uh, you know. And I'm not above talking about incestuous relationships. I mean, we spent TV. a lot of time this summer talking about incestuous relationships on the House of the Dragon on uh, yeah. HBO. Yep. Yeah. And I was on the episode right after the White Lotus where there was some implied <laughs> incestuous relationships. Again, I'm not above it, but I would just love for it to not be a father-daughter situation. So I'm going to be under the assumption that Lasher is able to like get in Deirdre's head to make her sleep with this man that Cortland picks, but that it's not specifically Lasher. I would like it not to be Lasher. Um, so just throw that out there. Um, but I uh, agree. I mean, it's very interesting. I watched the episode and then as I like clicked to turn it off, uh, like I clicked the back button to get to the menu. Cause I'm going to watch something else. Cause as I was saying to you before I start, I can't not be watching content. Um, uh, it was like very like clearly under Mayfair. It was like young adult content. I was like, you know what? I should put my, you know, that hat on that. I am watching more of a young adult content than maybe, you know, interview is, I think, but also, I don't know. It didn't feel, it didn't feel perhaps sometimes as like tropey as young adult stuff can be. And I'm not, um, disparaging if, if kevin and melissa are listening i'm not disparaging young adult content i actually really love young adult content um the thing is is that i need my like expectation hat to be on properly if i'm going to watch young adult content versus what i when i think i'm watching something that is perhaps you know a little bit more like this was built to me as a supernatural thriller not a young adult supernatural thriller but now that i sort of like see that tag it does reframe the show for me in a way that I'm going to take that for what it is. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't look, you know, I, I, I think that there's interesting stuff here. I think if you put this on paper, like if I was rich planning a D and D session and you were like, okay, there's a coven of witches, like all our players are in a coven of witches. And then there's going to be this like shape-shifting entity who you can never tell whether that's, that's them or not. Like that's interesting to me. So the thing for me, I thought that the funeral procession scene felt a little awkward or 
clumsy, I guess, in a sense. I thought that it it felt very small budget TV, I guess, is a is I feel like that sounds disparaging, but it just felt like it, it just didn't really work for me. And it felt a little bit awkward with Lasher dancing around and, and, and her being seduced um, uh, by him. So, yeah, I'm with you that I think that the Lasher stuff is certainly the weakest of the show uh, uh, so far. I love Cyprian Grieve. I think that it's interesting to see the like Carlotta versus Cortland stuff. I think could be very interesting. But yeah, I'm with you in terms of Lasher not maybe working. Yeah, the funeral procession itself. So we've seen so many kind of scenes like this, right? I appreciate that it was trying to kind of pull on the very specific kind of uh, geographic culture of New Orleans. And that was kind of interesting. But from what we understand about Rowan, she's a pretty discerning woman, right? This is a skeptical kind of woman, a woman of science. She's a little cynical and jaded and rough around the edges. And I just think you see her like walk out of the burning hotel amidst the kind of crisis of the situation that she's in already this realization of the supernatural elements tied to her life this death of her mother all the kind of initial conversation that she's having with cyprian and she ends up in this like awkward conversation with cyprian's sister outside that she's then like okay i'm gonna walk to my aunt's and get swept up in this funeral procession in a way that i think you nailed it it felt clunky to me it just didn't feel like it followed through on the character and i get what you're saying about the kind of small scale small budget right like shaky camera lots of kind of disoriented uh, expression acting right um mm -hmm. and all of that was fine given where we were but the whole context of the situation just felt weird and as soon as lasher rolls up they're so immediately kind of familiar and she's so like intimately close to him and i know that we've already seen that this is a woman who's sort of in touch with her sexuality and is, is comfortable like interacting with different men or whatever but it just felt off to me grace i don't know something about it didn't jive and, and did not connect in a way that i came out of it feeling like oh, okay uh there's something authentic and interesting about the connection between these two people and i want to see more of it uh that was the most probably frustrating part of the episode for me that i came out of that like gosh i don't i don't know i'm not that excited about this element of this story and that's it's pretty central given what we've seen so far right well to be fair i guess part of what we're supposed to believe is that it didn't actually happen <laughs> fair yes, uh, it only true. happened in her yes. dream right right so she takes the drink uh can i tell you my experience with these um the like uh glass tube like lab tube yes drinks in New Orleans? please so do I, you take them from strangers often or well so I've been to New Orleans. I went I went to a, a, mu a music festival. I went to Voodoo Fest, which takes place around Halloween each year. And about six or seven years ago, we drove down. We stayed in New Orleans, stayed in a hostel. Uh, uh, we went and, yeah, the, most of our days were spent, but we had some time before and a little bit of time after. And so we went down to, like, the French District and, 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 and Bourbon Street and walking around. And little innocent me was like somebody like walks up with this thing and it's like here you go and i'm like my friend and i look at you like okay we take the drink and they're like okay like eight dollars please and you're like wait what like you just gave me a drink and they're like yeah well that's the point that you would just like we sell them and it's like yeah but you don't have a sign that says like eight dollars you don't have any uh and so i was very triggered by this uh this uh uh woman coming up and offering the drink but this is very common down in uh 
on Bourbon Street for these. Uh, oh yeah, like people walking around with like test tubes, uh, shots. Yeah, little little old me was like, that must not cost any money. They must just be giving alcohol for free. What a, what a nice city New Orleans is. <laughs> I love the display of the test tube shots. They do look really good. All the different colors of liquid mm-hmm. and the kind of like candy striper display on the street there. Um, but yeah, I was very concerned for you during the telling of that story. Grace says, um, yeah, no, nothing often- else happened. I was with a friend. We had nope. the shots and then we paid for the drink. That's that's it. great. Yeah. That's a great resolution. The the loss of eight dollars is a real um, happy ending. Six, to that story. Sixteen, uh, really? Oh a, well, a friend, yeah, me and my friend. It. Yeah, you got double down. Uh, strong tourist move in any kind of tourist. Super uh, tourist. Yeah, this yeah. is like uh, here, here take have this. a flat, Now where is my money? Oh, yeah, you were responsible. Money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Sorry, that was a dotted. That was a contract. Technically, yeah. that was. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, possession is nine tenths of the law, and I had already had the drink. And you possessed um, that lab tube. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, so maybe let's start where the episode starts, which is with the flashback to the 1600s. My guess is, so this is, um, uh, they come in, she's, uh, this woman has been attacked by a boar and she's being carried home and her daughter is like trying to treat her. And this woman's like, uh, give me this specific herb. And Susanna immediately realizes, Suzanne sort of realizes like, this will kill you. He's like, listen, your job as a midwife is not just about life, it's about death. And, um, and so- and then also she's like concerned about this idea of heaven or hell. And she's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm just going to die. There's no heaven or hell. So for me, what I presume these flashbacks, we've had two of them so far. I actually really like them. There's a world, where, like, there's a world where like, I want this show to be set in 1600 Scotland. <laughs> as, as we just walked, finished through, uh, we're talking about Vikings Valhalla with our friend Bryce Isaiah. I'm like, maybe a period piece about, about witches. Um, but I presume that by the end of the season, what we're going to get is sort of essentially the start of the, the coven. Like, I wonder if what we saw last week, it was Lasher, but that not necessarily that they have any power to stop Lasher. And so the idea might be that by the end of the season, we sort of get how do these witches, how do the Mayfairs become witches is my thing that then like correlates with some of the stuff that they're going to do. So to eventually try to prevent being you know, attacked or mm-hmm. harmed by people. That person might not even be Lasher. It might just be that like they're subject to misogyny. And so this idea that like, what if we could do something that like meant that we wouldn't have to suffer from that uh, and that that maybe the end of, of like them officially becoming witches aligns with potentially how Rowan needs to get rid of Lasher. That's sort of my like parallel thinking analogy, my theory. I love all of this. First of all, I love just to circle back to the kind of um, the flashback that we got previously. The notion that this man is not Lasher and that they are just subjected to misogyny kind of left and right as women during this time period, period, regardless of the witch element of it all. And I'm with you. I think there's a really fun through line to track of these women finding their power and establishing their kind of community amongst one another, forming this coven, as it were. I do think the important note that we got between Cortland and Lasher this episode this notion of the 13th wished uh 13 an interesting number an arcane number you often uh-huh. affiliated with witchcraft and all kinds of like uh you know bad luck a, a number of ill omen uh, another thing associated with witchcraft so i love 
the idea that I hooked onto there that that Lasher is kind of tracking this family across the generations and waiting for this kind of 13th generation. I had the same realization you did about Lasher and the potential parentage uh, during last week's podcast, Grace, but I just didn't necessarily want to stop down on that as, as the revelation. Came I needed to. I, I was like, to. I'm going to just wait to put energy here until either we confirm or deny this theory. But I think you're in a pretty good perspective of when we're dealing with the shape changer, these seem to me like the kind of context clues we can use to guess that this is not Lasher and this is not Lasher, but the potion salesman and the dead mother were right. Um, and, right. And so I'm clocking all of that. I do think that, um, gosh, the element of the flashback that I really loved is the way that it's connecting to the medicine element, the healing element of witchcraft, right? And it's something yeah. we've been talking about the last two weeks is like, this is neat, but we want to see like witchy witchcraft stuff, not brain surgery via magic. And so reminding us the role of the witch as a healer, as an apothecary, as an herbalist, as somebody that you would take someone to after they've been dismembered by a boar. Also, Grace, uh, it seems like there was a lot of trouble with boars back in the day. I know they have uh, symmetry. Show. A lot of shows uh, deal with boar attacks. I think we, did we not, get, did we not get one on. Uh, on we House did. We got it on yeah. on Vikings Valhalla, Valhalla, which was calling me back to the House right. of the Dragon of it all. As Freydis falls a a Rhaenyra and kind of does yeah. some yeah boar. Wow. It, it's very interesting. And Succession, boar on the floor. Oh yeah, so. boar on the floor. Mm -hmm. Let's we forget. Mm -hmm. Do you think boar on the floor originated in Scotland in the 1600s? Yeah, Isn't that that's where. Not the Roy family is from. I believe Logan Roy is from Scotland. Yeah, I believe Logan Roy so. Warlock confirmed yeah, is with Succession go. actually about witchcraft. Are all TV shows a crossover? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I I love this stuff. I mean, it basically just made me want to watch uh, The Witch by Robert Eggers again, <laughs> mostly, uh, which is not about Scotland, but about I... like, the forming of a coven and. Uh, yeah, uh, I but, love yeah. that game, Grace, and very arbitrarily, I spent all of yesterday playing a game called uh, Witchwoods, which is about this old witch who is waking up in her cabin when this strange black goat wanders inside, and it's got Amazing. huge the witch vibes. And Amazing. I was like, oh, great, yeah. Um, I do love the I love uh the the sort of idea again to this like them being medicine uh, uh people and healers. One of the first D and D stories I read was this idea of this witch who is call, just called a witch, but that, you know, she is just very helpful, but is like, sort of like, it's seen as taboo, her magic. So I'm, I'm very like into the, yeah, they're actually healers, but for whatever reason, because it's magic, because it's whatever um, it's turned again. I mean, to the point of her daughter being like, well, I, you know, what about heaven or hell? And she's being like, no, that's not, you know, I, I I'm like, neither good. I'm neither bad. And, and that's not like, you know, she's basically saying like, no, I'm just going to be buried in the ground. Like it doesn't really matter. Um, what happens with that idea of like, uh, is it, are you like doing this stuff? Is that, is that, are you being condemned or not? So anyway, I thought that was very, it's, it's good. the Arthur C. Clarke quote, right? Any yeah. sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Right. And right. the idea of advanced herb craft, understandings of medicine, all this stuff being like uh, not aligned. It definitely shares a ton of DNA with Vikings, which we were just talking about, which was fun. Did you ever watch lost girl? all grace i believe this is a canadian television show no uh yeah and you would kind of like it i think it shares a lot of dna with what we're talking about in the Anne rice universe of the supernatural elements in a kind of modern day situation and there was a character there that very much reminded me of cyprian green which is okay. why i ask yeah 
Um, yes, yeah, so we're this episode. Uh, Deirdre is 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 dead. Uh, Rowan, good thing she can claim that she's a doctor because why else? Are you, like all up on the body. Um, but she's going to and and Cyprian's going to uh, give the name Talamasca uh, again. Uh, uh, Rich, uh, you talked about whether the doctor might be also involved with Talamasca, but he's going to essentially you know explain sort of their purpose, what they've been what they've been doing for all these years. Um, he he shows he's. She sees all of her gloves, right? Um, and the history. Does he? He says he wears his gloves to drown out, to, to be able to like, you know, create, not be drowned in in memories, right? Of touching yeah. things, right? It's it's a rogue X Men situation. I need these gloves because my powers. Yeah. But can I add? Is he just constantly having flashbacks of like the gloves being created? Him buying the gloves oh. at the store. <laughs> No, uh, it's a great question, but because of the rogue clause in supernatural powers, gloves oh. are actually um, overlooked oh. and immune. Yeah, okay. gloves are, are literally Perfect. the only physically created item that one can touch and not experience psychometric flashbacks. Okay, probably yeah. special Talamasca built gloves, probably. The Talamasca glove factory. They actually have like a whole time oh. loop happening there. It's like a poop trap paradox of glove production. Yeah. yeah yeah so in this episode cyprian's gotta he's gotta go out he's gotta do an investigation lasher's gonna light the building on fire they're gonna leave uh, what did you make of this um rowan and cyprian conversation I, I i do feel like there's a sense that um wow rowan said very wrong things in this conversation <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> of like uh she he, she's like uh no it's not my baby it's just i'm like carrying it as a surrogate it's like well won't the baby just for always want to know who you are and don't you feel bad about that she's like uh i gotta go to work <laughs> Like, I thought okay. Rowan was absolutely terrible to Cyprian's sister of like, uh, well, I I'm adopted. I mean, that was like big time the energy. I'm adopted and it really traumatized me. It you sucks. sure you want to do that to another human being, you know? Um, like the the shade that was happening there. And I really expected the sister to be indignant on a couple of different levels of like, yeah. first of all, why are you in my brother's house? Second of all, why is the pregnant sister's high heels underneath the brother's couch? That was like indicative to me of a different storytelling trope grace of like i'm not actually his sister though i'm claiming to be this right. is cyprian greaves baby um, right i was like oh my god what even is happening here like who's lying to who where's the double blind but i did feel like rowan was unnecessarily pointed about hello stranger whom i've met in your family's house minutes ago let me ask you uh, very pointed questions about your uh, choice to generate finance through pregnancy you know it felt Deeply uncomfortable, Grace. Mayfair taking a strong don't adopt. Uh, <laughs> Mayfair, anti-surrogacy. Who mm -hmm. would have guessed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so this is where Rowan's going to have something to drink from the woman who we presume is, is Lasher. Uh, she will actually pass out, but she is going to join the procession, dance with Lasher. Um and yeah, does he give his name? Does he give his name? No, he calls himself no, he's uh, Adonis. Adonis. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. That's a good uh, alibi. You know, if you if you need one for an evening, you want to pick something that's memorable, and and Adonis certainly stands out. Yeah. So this scene is really, I guess, just to introduce, like you know, Lasher has been watching Rowan, but to fully, you know, build a connection at least in her brain. So, um, you know, there's something to this. I, I, you know, I thought this the episode was a little bit uh, clumsy, or the sorry, the scene was a little bit clumsy, but alas, it it served its purpose for them to meet and 
be introduced. And yeah. dance. Uh, can I ask, Grace? Yeah. So I realized that a funeral is supposed to be a celebration of life, certainly in the great city of New Orleans, even maybe more so in the way, the, the kind of specific kind of rituals that they used to celebrate uh, the life or the end of a life there and during a funeral. Do you, Would you be deeply put off if a stranger in their pajamas was dancing in uh, one of your loved one's funeral procession? No. Down the no, street. you like no, that? No, I do like it. You know why? It's a great story for something. Like, yeah, and then this woman in pajamas just started dancing in, our, in, in like Grace's funeral procession. That's a great story for my family. Uh, and I'm all about like, you know, I'm a big people watcher. I watch people and like I'm always about what's the story. So yeah, join in. It's if you, a very if you fun see my story. funeral procession walking, but you are welcome to join in. Get get your best pair of pajamas and join right in. How do we feel about uh? Alexander? Yeah, actually, you should change into pajamas. Yeah, you should be wearing pajamas. I mean, it's uh, it's a, um, it's a story if you're wearing normal clothes, but it's a good story if you show up in your pajamas, uh, dancing. How do we feel about Alexandra Daddario's dancing? Because uh, it was good. like not committed. I felt like she would not commit. Which it was is very... the point. Like that is kind of the point, right? That she's like reluctant to do it, but it's it was a lot of awkward shoulder dancing, which I am an awkward shoulder dancer. Like I could not do better than what Alexander Daddario did, but I did think it was not great. I'm channeling huge Elaine energy. I can't yes. lie. My dancing yes. is, is volatile and erratic, Grace. If I'm dancing, uh, everybody's going to know it. I'm sure that people are pointing. I, I do appreciate that there's like some deeper uh, character metaphor there that she's not committed. And there's a bit of yeah. reluctance even that we see in the dance moves. But I was like, gosh, just like let loose, girl. You seem like very repressed. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply 
Um, what about um, all the yeah. dead people as they arrive? That was the one cool moment I thought where Lasher's like, the dead are never far. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is cool New Orleans stuff, right? That the yeah. dead are like hanging out, invisibly dancing with the living, sitting in long chairs. Like, I love the dead guy sitting on top of his kind of funeral procession, waving at everybody. That was really fun. I loved it. Yeah, I thought that was great. I, I thought that, that, yeah, there's, there is some strong stuff in this episode. Cause I thought that that was really good. And then we're also going to get this, uh, scene with where Carlotta is, is talking with, and I can't remember. I don't know who this woman is. Oh, the woman who works in the house, right? Gosh, Delphine. No, no so not Delphine. There's another woman okay. she's talking to who she's like, she's like, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to do what we've always done, which is attack, like, you know, bind oh, yes. laughter to somebody. And so poor Delphine, um, gets, Given the necklace, it's like she would have wanted you to have. It's like, no, I can't wear it. She's like, she would have wanted, like, please put it on right now. This will just, don't worry. It definitely won't bind you to a shape shifting entity that will ruin your life. And then just my dark brain, the stuff that I love from this, this was the most horror I think we've gotten so far, which was Lasher making Delphine smash her head against the wall until she's dead. Um, this is brutal and horrific and disgusting. And I loved it. <laughs> What I really appreciate as much as we're kind of like poking fun at the way that the funeral procession was shot, that it might have looked a little thin. I love the way that they edited this, right? Yeah. As you have kind of everybody upstairs and we hear this crushing, thudding, like organic flesh into stone kind of sound. And and we cut to the silhouette and it looks for a minute as though like, oh, is there is Lasher down there? Oh, no, Delphine is doing this. OK. And I'm thinking that she's kind of like punching through the door or trying to like right. smash the door down but and then like as the sound becomes more and more grotesque like it's telegraphing that we're going to pan around and get this really brutal shot of her head crushed and bleeding uh this was visceral grace and i don't know what it, it made me feel really conflicted emotionally because i'm not sure what to think of delphine like part of me is very much pushing her towards the antagonists from those early episodes the episode one specifically the way she seems like so kind of dismissive of Deirdre's condition and, and kind of dealing with the doctor initially. But then I'm also like Delphine seems like a very poor set upon woman that has to deal with, with I, Corlotta who probably like, I should have way more sympathy for except like, is she in or is she out? And there's a little bit of like culpability. I think that ties Delphine into like having her head crushed in the basement. I don't think Delphine is as in as Carlotta is, uh, but I do think that she must know to a degree that they were sedating right. uh, a seemingly otherwise pretty normal woman. So, you know, there's that. Um, so we get Cyprian trying to do some investigative work. He's going to uh, be sort of boxed out of the elevator. There is, um, he's getting static. There is no uh, memory that he can he can see in the elevator. So he's going to go to the morgue and he'll touch her head. Um, and he will see that the, the, the baby, he will see Rowan being, being given up. Um, and then the morgue attendant is going to come over and be like, Oh, Hey, like you definitely know she's a witch too, huh? Like, uh, yeah, here, come, come to our meeting. Uh, what'd you make of this? He does pocket the, the leaflet. Even if he's like, no, you're wrong. 
I yeah, I like the an autopsy scene always good and stuff like this. I like the moment where he kind of like uh, touches her and gets the flash of memories. Uh, the the whole beat where he's in the elevator and everything's been kind of like scrubbed clean, and we get the kind of like aha like chalk drawing effect on the wall that that yep. he can't read. Um, I kind of like that beat. Me too. But yeah, the the like the the actual uh, the, the like funeral worker here, the autopsy guy, just like calling him out and being like, dude. You totally touched a witch. I was like, oh my God, this guy has no chill. Uh, no chill. Like, somebody fire this guy. This is a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I presume we're, we will meet the group of men who are concerned about the Mayfair witches at some point. We'll get like, uh, with like coffee and tea uh, and, and, oh. and snacks, the meeting. No. Yeah, yeah, they're all going to be like sitting playing cards somewhere in New Orleans. It's going to be some kind of jazz music in the background, bunch of suits, old white guys. You could see. Oh, it. really? Oh, really? It, I, it gives me much more like uh, full on, like um, you know, uh, not perfect, not suits. Like if, the, the the thing I'm giving is like full on, like uh, you know, conspiracy theory. Uh, uh, under you know, uh, oh, someone who maniac. lives in their mom's Charlie basement. Day yarn thumbtacks on the on the cork cork board yeah and like yep. in somebody's like mom's basement like yep. hang, you know at the meeting yeah the nope meeting. nope so i think this is an interesting pin for us to put in though you're going with like the full-on tinfoil conspiracy theory i'm going comedy route i'm going comedy route i think right is what I'm right yeah. i'm gonna go with the like you know the high-end like okay. you know glass towers and skyscrapers kind of like power brokers behind right. closed doors hunting witches yep right okay so we get Rowan to reaches the Mayfair house, uh, but she realizes that as her mom comes out and is talking to her, that this can't possibly be her mom. So she will run away and then she will wake up exactly where she was uh, before she, I guess, right after she took the drink. Um, and so she heads back to Cyprian's house where they sort of fill each other in. Um, and he tells her that like, yeah, Deirdre never wanted to give you up, um, and losing you caused her great heartbreak. Um, and that, uh, he does say he saw a man enter the elevator with Deirdre before she died. So like the elevator was sort of like, you know, protected, but, but he could see, uh, uh, who went in. So the question is, Rich, who do you think the man is? Because I think it seems like, well, it's Lasher. My bet would be that it's, do we see, I can't remember, we didn't see it, right? So my bet is that it's like Cortland. Gosh, interesting. It's so interesting because I'm tracking a bunch of pieces here, right? We talked a bit about Cortland and like the framing as he inherently has to be kind of like antagonistic towards Carlotta. And we get a little bit more of that this episode of Carlotta saying like, oh, that man would eat you up if he got his hands on you, but I will like keep you safe. I'm going to keep you away from him. And then the Cortland Lasher interaction, which leads us to a place of like, there's clear fear, right? Cortland is afraid yeah. of Lasher. Um, and, th and then he's playing it as though like, oh, Oh, my condolences. You must be heartbroken that Deirdre is gone. But it that felt very transparent to me and very mm -hmm. much like a platitude, you know, that he he's just offering in the moment, like knowing how kind of false and hollow it is. I'm pretty much still sold on like Lasher had to have killed her, didn't he? Or like some invisible force, some magical entity. And maybe there is a little bit of a misdirect happening here where we have more than one kind of big bad that we're playing with. But um 
um, gosh, I don't know. I don't think Cortland could have because Carlotta's kind of, or rather Cyprian is noting to Rowan, your uncle never had any power. According to what I know, your uncle never had any magic. So maybe that's the actual red herring is that we're supposed to think Cortland is like powerless outside of the normal, like kind of, you know, bounds of power and money and prestige and influence, but that in fact, he does have some magic of his own. I don't know. My, well, I talked about this last week of like, what is, what, what does Cortland get out of some agreement with Lasher, which, you know, could be magic. In my head, it was sort of like immortality, wealth, potentially like, right. He's a very sure, wealthy man. Creature comforts. Yep. But, but it, I guess it could be some form of magic. I mean, so then there's this thing about like the 13th witch, right. And, and in he, so the other piece here is like, why does, La, why does anybody need Deirdre dead which is presumably the biggest reason to keep because we saw last week that like Deirdre's willing to just put the necklace back on right she's just willing to like sure be to, yep. to go back to Lasher so who for Lasher what does that mean I guess the idea that like Rowan being they also talk about Rowan being much more she's not going to go along as much as maybe some other people would I think Cortland says this right and so what is so presumably my understanding of that like lasher attaches himself to a mayfair witch because they are powerful witches and therefore it makes him stronger which then therefore would make um courtland stronger if my theory of like they're connected and courtland's getting something out of it so the idea that deirdre dies is present potentially just because they think that she's the most you know able to be convinced by um, Carlotta to be basically like she ends up being sedated for like 30 years right so yep. she's the most vulnerable to not be able to use her powers because she's the most sort of um, she's she's much more of a pushover than what they're seeing in Rowan who I guess the idea here is that like if you can convince Rowan that like together we will rule the world and she's not going to be able to be stopped by anybody else this is this is the avenue kill Deirdre because she will never, she won't give the necklace up because she's so attached and get Rowan to put it on. Um, which I will say in a pre in a future episode, we'll absolutely see Rowan wearing the necklace. <laughs> oh, no question. Um, yeah. I, I think that you're clocking a bunch of interesting things here. I imagine that there is some kind of generational power that the notion of this 13th, which um, there's some kind of prophecy, illusion, something like that, that Rowan is going to fulfill or unlock, right? Uh, she is this promised kind of goddess to an extent. I've been doing a lot of homework, Grace. Um, folks talk a lot about the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell, hugely popularized by George Lucas and Star Wars, but I've been talking a lot about the heroine's journey in recent weeks because mm -hmm. of the coverage that we were doing for Willow and John Caston was bringing these female characters really to the forefront. He was using a lot of the kind of mythic story tropes that are associated with a heroine's journey uh, amongst which one of the tools that he used is this notion of kind of conquering your shade, uh, your shadow, right? The dark half inside of you, the half of you that desires and wants and is willing to kind of look past your moral compunctions to to receive that which you perceive as due right um yeah. 
And so I think that we're very much like playing on that element, right? The notion that we're, even Lasher is saying, right? Like she's different. She's closed off to me. And I think this idea that um, she's like powerful enough to resist me more so than anyone that I, we've met before. But at the point that she kind of joins in and is willing to stand besides me, she's more powerful than any who've come before and will unlock kind of limitless potential for what the future may hold. Also, uh, just retrospect, really bad look on Carlotta to be like, hey, Delphine, put this necklace on, but then I'm going to send you into the basement where you could easily kill yourself rather than drug you with Thorazine like I did for my yeah. niece for decades. Uh, you got to think there's some Thorazine left, but uh, she does need that doctor approval. The, the doctor. doctor note. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, yeah. bad call. Bad call. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it makes me wonder, like, how to like Delphine seemingly is not a Mayfair. So how why is Carlotta think that this will work to bind? Um, so like she she it must might be just out. be anyone who puts the necklace on or any woman who puts the necklace on could be bound. Just Delphine just doesn't have witch powers. Right. But Carlotta must know that like the re, like she not must know. I guess in my head, I thought Carlotta maybe knew more than than she actually does, which is that just putting it on some random person will just cause Lasher to be like, uh, no, thank you. Uh, I will not, <laughs> I will not be taking this one. I would like a return actually. Um, so Colada clearly like doesn't know as much as maybe I presumed that she did. Um, I guess is my point there. Um, yeah, I just want to flag one thing. We do get a shot of Jen Richards, who um, I am a big fan of, a trans actress, um, who she is when Rowan goes to watch the funeral procession, she turns and there's this woman in sort of like a sparkly sequin dress who they kind of make eye contact with. And then and then this woman walks off. That's Jen Richards, who is billed as a recurring character in the show. So um, that just happens. I, I was like, yay. Jen. And then and then all the then the scene happens that completely blanked my mind. I was like, oh, no, this was all bad. Jen, Jen, maybe this was maybe Jen Richards. That's hope. Maybe that's the extent of her appearance in the show. She's like, actually, you know, I would like to not be in this. scene. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Um, but we did get a glimpse of her. So hopefully she will she will show up. If, if that's the extent of the Jen Richards we get in the show, I'm going to be very upset. Um, just wanted to flag flag that. Um, is there any, cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else from this uh, episode, Rich? Second line? No, nothing really that, that stands out to me. Like I said, the stuff that I really loved is the illusions, the way that we're uh, kind of connecting this modern story to the traditional witchy tropes of the healer and the, and the kind of misunderstood, the like forceful woman. I like that. I'm really excited about more Kalamaska stuff. I'm curious to see what next week looks like. Yep. Yeah, same. Um, next week's episode is called Curiouser and Curiouser. I I don't know these words. C U R I O U S E R. Curiouser, curiouser, and curiouser. Is I think it's curiouser and curiouser. Yes, I think that we're touching on the uh, Alice in Wonderland illusion of curiouser and curiouser, and they're words that you know so well that you did not even <laughs> recognize them when you tried to read them. Wow, curious. Hmm, I didn't curious. know those words. Yeah. Curious indeed. Um, I think, uh, ironically, I think the show is a little bit better at piquing my curiosity than it is sating it so far. Uh, I would agree. It's a better job like posing the questions than answering the questions. That's my estimation three episodes in. I mean, to the extent that Mayfair Witches is a friggin' long book, that I bought it and was like, I can't read this. This is a thousand pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder, I often say that sometimes premieres like uh, the, the season premiere is a really tough task and can often feel like it's so set up 
that um, it, it, you know, it's like, okay, everything else will be better. And I wonder if this is the instance of sort of the beginning of this show, like to get to the stuff that they would be really excited for, you have to do some of this stuff first. And that, yeah. yeah, And so that uh, maybe this is a show in my, you know, I would be delighted to learn this that um, really kicks into gear later on. We just did a show uh, Vikings Valhalla. We did our coverage with Bryce. And that was a show, uh, although in its second season that I thought was pretty slow and then had a really good like episode seven and eight. So if that's what this, you know, show is doing and that, you know, because you have to do sort of all of this to get to um, where you're going, then then maybe that's what, you know, the show is. It's a very risky op- uh, proposition in the year 2023 when shows get canceled uh, yeah. on th- basically nothing. So uh, I don't know what the ratings are. It looks like the first two did about, uh half a million viewers um, yeah seems that to me not bad i don't know uh exactly where that data comes from but uh, i'm just on the wikipedia page but yeah th- yeah interesting i'm just saying things i don't know how strong that is for a cable premiered show in 2023 uh i do think that it, it, to the curious and curious of it all that's a that's an explicit alice in wonderland quote and we're about to maybe okay. go down the rabbit hole so i would hope for things to maybe engage <laughs> as, as we come into the next episode in terms of uh curiouser and curiouser let's go down the rabbit hole let's see let's like get rowan into the weirdness of all of this now in episode four i'm ready for it well if folks uh want to dive into uh, a different rabbit hole rich what else do you got going on and where can people find you Oh, gosh, so much stuff, Grace. We just did talk about Vikings Valhalla with Bryce, mm-hmm. which was very fun. You and I and Ariel are getting together every week to talk about Dark, uh, going back to Vinden for a rewatch project. I keep talking about it. I'm going to. If you're liking Mayfair Witches, go watch Willow if you haven't seen it. Yeah. A really powerful story of a heroine's journey, a bunch of really cool um, LGBT uh, female-led characters, very cool stuff going on there. Mike Bloom and myself are talking about The Legend of Box Machina is back number one show on amazon uh yeah it's been a big release the first three episodes are out mike and i sat down and talked about all of that and of course <clears throat> i'm streaming dungeons and dragons and occasionally other tabletop role-playing games over at twitch.tv slash dm philly uh you can find me on twitter at dm philly my dms are open if you want to hit me up about any of that stuff that's me grace Cool. I'm also covering another Sunday night show, HBO's The Last of Us. Um, And so Mike Bloom and I do the recap each Sunday. Tara and I get together on Mondays to talk about the show from the lens of people who've played the video game for Video Game Club. So check those out. Ariel and I cover movies each week on Post Show Recaps Theater. And over on Rob as a podcast, I have RHAP Game Night. We recently played Ticket to Ride. It was very fun. You can catch the uh, YouTube and Twitch replays over there on the RHAP Twitch and RHAP YouTube. Omer, Chappelle, Rob Cicerino, and Asia Welch join me to play that. And we'll have another game in February. Uh, I'm on Twitter at High From Grace for anything else I'm doing, which I have plenty of guest appearances next week. My schedule a bit booked up. I'm very excited. Uh, uh, crime scene, uh, the wrestling wrap up, and uh, going to appear over silent podcast talking about Taskmaster. So lots of podcasting uh, from for me. If you're interested, we'll be back next week with episode four coverage of Mayfair Witches. Until next time, double double toil and trouble.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.